0: Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. You're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums.
1: Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. And
0: one day we won't have to read that opening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, we're about like 20 episodes in or so. And... Well, in
0: today's episode, we're going to be discussing one of the craziest stories in all of musical history. I know you're excited for Fleetwood Mac. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> the Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Um, the Shags formed in 65 by teenage sisters Dorothy, a.k.a. Dot, Betty, and Helen Wigan in Fremont. Fremont? Fremont. Fremont, Fremont, whatever. Uh... <laughs> New Hampshire. Or somewhere in New Hampshire. <laughs> Dot wrote the songs and played lead guitar and performed lead vocals. Betty, who was the youngest, played rhythm guitar and did backup vocals. And Helen, the oldest, played the drums. Uh, they were formed at the demand of their father, Austin Wigan Jr. Me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not you. After his mother read his poem, predicted three things. What a fucking. Like, lunatic
1: already. <laughs> yeah, already.
0: They're the three things that she predicted. He would marry a strawberry blonde woman. He would have two sons after she died.
1: Yeah, I was confused at first when I read that because I thought it meant after the strawberry blonde woman, aka his wife, died. Oh, it didn't. No, it, it means mean, his grandma. His, oh, his, after mother. his mother died. Yeah, because okay. later on it mentioned the mom and, like, after he, well, spoiler, he passed away fairly at a fairly young age, but. Um it, it mentioned her like after it said he passed away and I was like, Wait, what? And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: after the Remember the Night. Okay, um And the third and most important <laughs> to today's story, his daughters would form a famous band. The first two fucking came true. So he was like, Okay, we're gonna fulfill this prophecy.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he was lying though.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he killed his mother and then catch kept fucking till he had kids. Yeah.
1: Like this is gonna come true. I don't know. He's, mm. He seemed unhinged. It can be assumed that money and
0: ego had everything to do with this. Yeah. Not just something. Uh-huh. Like he wrote, Alex. Everything. <laughs> everything. Um, because Austin was a poor mill worker and apparently had no fucking interest in music.
1: Yeah. You know, which is weird. Yeah, why the, I don't know why the mom would predict that if... Yeah. He, like, I don't know. He was
0: known to be a miserable man who was very strict on the girls, not, not letting them have social lives, friends, or romantic interests. Um, some reports even say that he was physically abusive, and Helen once said that he was inappropriately intimate with her. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Fuck y- Yeah, f- mm. fuck Austin
1: Wiggins Jr.
0: Fuck all Austins. <laughs> uh, so to bring the vision to life, he took them out of school. Yeah. Bought them instruments and arranged them to partake in music and vocal lessons. He chose their band name because of the shag haircut that the girls had. They all had it, and it was also massively popular at the time. And you fucking know what a shaggy is, even if you don't think you do. Think of every emo girl at the beginning of the pandemic.
1: <laughs> think of shaggy for Scooby-Doo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he forced them to practice frequently, ignoring the fact that none of them showed any interest. They played their first show in 68. Soon after, he arranged for them to play at the Fremont Hall every weekend. Fremont Town Hall every weekend. The shows attracted a crowd of teenage hecklers who apparently would throw things at the sisters on stage. Yeah, which is also
1: sad. Also, backtrack... I wonder how the fuck that conversation went where he just went to the school and was like, yeah, I'm just withdrawing not all of my children, just three of my daughters, even though I have another daughter and two sons. Out of school to be in a fucking rock band, like, isn't that... Yeah, they're gonna be famous. Like, I mean, unless he homeschooled them on the side, like, isn't that illegal? It was
0: the 60s. Nothing was illegal.
1: I mean, yeah, I I guess that's true. Just ask your father. Except for... Being white, not being white or oh, straight yeah, or... That's, that's still illegal. <laughs> yeah. That hasn't changed. Yeah, true, but... What uh... about
0: things that became not illegal, that became illegal later?
1: Oh, damn. I was... This is my plan to have three daughters and make a rock band, so... Right. Yeah, unfortunately you have to <laughs> homeschool them. Damn.
0: Or just not tell the government they exist. Yeah, that's true. Don't bring it up to your wife, just do it. <laughs> just do <laughs> it. Just do it. <laughs> Sorry, my mom ran my palm when I was younger. <laughs> she ran my palm. Um, in March of '69, Austin took the Shags to Fleetwood Studios in Revere, Massachusetts. Matt? Mass-
1: Mass- Massachusetts shits.
0: To record their debut album, Philosophy of the World. Everything pointed towards disaster. Sisters not knowing how to play their instruments on time, and their dis- disinterest in the whole ordeal. Despite the album engineer's opinion that they were not ready to record, Austin insisted it be done. Recording was done in a single day. Session musicians were even hired to re-record parts of the album, but they could not follow the erratic timing of the Shags. (laughs) I was like, I don't remember any session musicians. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, Philosophy of the World ended up releasing on June 15th of 69, with Austin paying to have the label Third World press 1,000 copies of the album. It's rumored that one of the producers, Charlie Dreyer, only delivered 100 copies of the album, disappearing with the other 900. (laughs) Dreyer said that Austin had refused to distribute the rest of the copies, fearing that someone would copy their music. Dreyer just kept the extra records in the studio and gave them to anyone who would ask. The album initially received absolutely no media attention.
1: Are we surprised? <laughs> and
0: they continued to perform locally throughout the early 70s, and in 75, he took them to record another album. They had become substantially more proficient due to the countless hours of practice. However, the engineer still noted that they didn't notice their attitude instruments or lack of rhythm. The recordings went unreleased. Shortly after this recording session, Austin passed away due to a heart attack at the age of 47. Fuck yeah
1: <laughs> See ya
0: They subsequently disbanded and sold all of their instruments and done with their life Throughout the 70s, copies of the album began to circulate amongst various musicians Developing a cult following In 1980, Terry Adams and Tom Ardolino of the band NRBQ Convinced the Wiggins sisters to reissue the album under their label Rounder Records They even paid the sisters to allow them to do so Yeah, I thought but that was pretty
1: cool That's pretty fucking I don't know in NRBQ is I have no idea uh, uh, yeah. Nerbic, I've heard. I feel like I've heard the name Terry Adams before. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know, but but yeah, apparently. I mean, uh, they were hesitant to allow them because they thought they would have to pay, and they were like, "No, we're just gonna give you a fucking stack," (laughs) which is pretty cool. We're actually gonna pay you. Yeah, which is cool because they didn't. They didn't uh, obviously get any fucking royalties from their music until this point. Yeah. So, I'm glad they finally did, especially yeah, all the I'm
0: shit they had to they go Yeah, they got some fucking money from this shit. Yeah,
1: for all the shit they had to go through.
0: Over the years with their multiple reissues, it's been described as everything. From the worst album ever recorded to unintentional genius. Um, a little-known guy <laughs> from a little-known band. Um, Kurt Bay from Nirvana, you've probably never heard Who of Who the fuck is that? Uh, he listed Philosophy of the World as his fifth favorite album of all time. Are they the ones that did Rockstar? Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: Nirvana, And okay. then Frank
0: Zappa was quoted as saying, the Shags are better than the
1: Beatles. <laughs> Which is a very Zappa thing to say. He, ju- he definitely just said it for fucking Cloud. He's Frank fucking Zappa. Yeah, and plus he notoriously hated, like, hippies and, like, any, yeah. any type of, like... He
0: also notoriously hated naming his kids normal names. <laughs>
1: This is like Dweezil. Dweezil and Moon Unit. Moon Unit, yeah. Everyone forgets names, about Moon Unit. <laughs> yeah, Moon Unit.
0: Everyone's like, uh,
1: Dweezel's such
0: a dumb name. <laughs> We're forgetting about the system. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's better than fucking uh, all these names like Jaxton, Braxton, Paxton. Yeah, I'd rather have a Moon or, Unit. Or Ashley. Uh, <laughs> all that shit. All the fucking uh, real tree Mother um, names. So in
0: 82 Adams and Ardolino from earlier. Released a compilation, Shag's Own Thing, using recordings made between 69 and 75. In the 90s as interest in outsider music grew the shags were seen as pioneers of the genre rca victor reissued philosophy of the world in 1999. in november of the same year um, dot and betty performed at nrbq's 30th anniversary celebration with the drummer from the band tommy Tommy honor you call him tom and tommy in the same paragraph Unless those are different
1: people. I, I don't know, I didn't even notice that. It, okay. It said Tommy on the articles I read, so... Weird, but hmm. he was
0: filling in for Helen, who was disabled and struggling with severe depression. Dot recalled that this was the first time she realized the following the band had accumulated over the years. I bet that
1: was fucking surreal. <laughs> you yeah. Go, you go there and people are singing these songs that you were fucking embarrassed of and ashamed. Oh wow, that's, that's pretty fucking crazy. In
0: 2001, the animal, the animal label world... The label Animal World released a tribute <laughs> album titled "Better Than the Beatles," with various artists covering the Shag
1: song. Which I've never—I was gonna list the artists, but I was like, I'm not even going to, because I've never heard of any of them. So I'm surprised Daniel Johnston wasn't on it. Yeah, I, well, I think he passed away pretty young. Did he?
0: I thought he made it to O-1 at least. I never got into Daniel Johnston. Maybe, i mean, he he might have. Amazingly, into Daniel Johnston. Really? It's not something I've ever I've ever gotten into. Yeah, yet.
1: this, listening to this album makes me kind of want to get into outsider music, though. Nope. I mean, I know Wesley Willis, fucking Rock and Roll McDonald's and fucking Moose's Ass or whatever that one song is called. But uh, but yeah, it was basically a bunch of, like, no wave artists, if you know what no wave is, yeah. and like, fucking indie, like just a bunch of obscure artists I've never heard of, but okay. which makes sense for this album. Yeah. Uh, I want to listen to it at some point, it'll um, be interesting.
0: Sadly, in 2006, Helen passed away. Dot and Betty had have continued to do sporadic performances, with the last one being in 2017. Musician Jerry Krakow even discovered Jesse.
1: That...
0: <laughs> what did I say? Je-
1: Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesse Krakow had even discovered that Dot had, had an unrecorded shag songs, leading him to assemble the Dot Wigan band and re-record these songs with Dot. The result was re- the result was Ready Set Go, released on October 29, 2013, by label Alternative Tentacles. Which I listened
1: to the album and it was, it was interesting. Uh, Was it like played well? Yeah, I mean it still, obviously like leagues above the playing on uh, philosophy of the world, but it still had that like childlike weird feeling that philosophy of the world has, just not as too too much of an extreme. And then the fucking uh, it was kind of weird hearing whoever Jesse Krauko dude is had vocals on some songs. That was kind of weird to hear. Okay. But it, it felt more like it would have been in line with garage, like the Monkees type stuff, or maybe like the Hollies, like that kind of Beatles-ish oh, no.
0: yeah. type stuff. Was, I, I would like to hear like a version of Philosophy of the World
1: done by like
0: competent musicians. I mean, maybe
1: the uh, maybe tribute album. I need to listen to it. I I don't see if it's on Spotify. Because I would
0: like to see what the actual vision for these songs was. Yeah. Um, So so there's one that I even put that in my notes, like, I would like to see the vision of this song specifically. Mm. Um, But in 2015, the band even embarked on a tour in support of Neutral Milk Hotel. (laughs) Pretty fucking crazy. I guess Neutral Milk Hotel is outsider music. Yeah, I mean... They're, like, the same... Like, they're really weird. Yeah. They kind of have the, we don't know what the fuck we're doing.
1: Yeah. I don't know, I feel like... Outsider music's kind of hard to describe
0: I guess it's hard to describe New Turmel <laughs> yeah
1: I don't know I mean I could definitely see them getting influence from um, yeah. from the Shags but I don't know I feel like they might be a little too proficient at their instruments to be or proficient in the act of making music and writing music I guess yes. as opposed to like well West they were
0: proficient th- in the act of writing and making the one album did they only do that one album? no they um this is not fucking uh, podcast about, <laughs> about New Milk Hotel, but they had an album before it. Um, okay. And they recently, as of like a year or less ago, released a new album. Really? Oh, so th- so they yeah. only have three albums. They have three albums. Okay. okay. Um, I personally think their first album is better than Airplane Over the Sea. Really? Uh, mm. yeah.
1: I mean, I've I've only ever heard Airplane on the Sea, and it's been a long time. Like, I don't really remember anything from it besides the uh, the I mean, fucking title track.
0: Here, real quick, uh, side podcast. Podcast about Airplane Over the Sea. Um, so I describe every song in one word. Uh-huh. Well, two, two, two phrases. Two phrases? Phrase one. I love you, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus is the one Christ, one? I love you. Yes, I do.
1: Oh, that's the phrases? No, that's, that's, the, that's the first phrase. Oh, wait. I'll make, is the second one something about being horny for Anne Frank? And the second one yeah. is I am horny okay. for Anne Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the two. I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about that. <laughs> that's how it is.
0: That's the two way to describe to a book hotel. Well, that's... That's certainly a combination. um, That is is finishing off the side podcast about (laughs) airplane over the sea. Um, So Dot stated that she had not been interested in recording at all. She
1: just wanted to release the music and reap the royalties. I mean, fucking get the bag. Good for her. Get the fucking bag, Dot. Who
0: rules the world?
1: Not her. (laughs) Not her, but she got the fucking bag. (laughs) She got the
0: bag. Um, The Shags left an impact on music that can be easily overlooked, but is very important. They pretty much... If unintentionally, definitely unintentionally, yeah. <laughs> planted the seeds of outsider music, acts such as Daniel Johnston and Wesley Wills would not be the same, If even the thing, if not really the Shags. A key element of outsider music is being pure and unadulterated, so it can be argued the Shags are even outsider music themselves, as they were forced by their father to create music.
1: Yeah, exactly. See, I feel like outsider music's kind of a conundrum in a way, because I feel like there's a bunch of things that... Is folk punk outsider music? Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I feel like there's... Like his lo-fi outsider music is the Outsiders by se
0: Hampton. Lo- outsider music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. We, but yeah, I just feel we, like we just there's. A, the...
1: I feel like there's just a few things like genre. I mean, it's the same with any genres. Like there's just a lot of overlapping yeah. with certain stuff, so it's kind of hard to define it. I mean, just like with with fucking metal or something, it's like, is this a, this is is this a blackened death metal band? No, it's a deafened black metal band. It's, it's, like I don't know. It's just too intricate, and it's like, doesn't it really matter at the end of the day. The
0: more concise you get with genres, the less it matters.
1: Yeah, like fucking uh, Finn McKinty of the punk rock NBA, I Like he always makes fun of it. He's like, uh, bro, this isn't a uh, technical brutal death metal, it's brutal technical death metal. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you can just say, oh, this is hardcore, and
0: I'll be like, okay, I don't fucking care if it's emotional hardcore.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't
0: fucking care if it's metallic hardcore. Like, yeah. I don't fucking I mean, care. And, like, if I want to listen to hardcore, they'll all work.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool to me in a way. It's just some people take it overboard. It's like, cool
0: if someone's like, oh, what kind of band is that? Then, yeah, you can be like, well, here's specifically Yeah, what I would or consider them. Or if
1: someone's like, I want to get into a genre, and you can be... Stuff like that, it's like, well, would you like your hardcore with more of a metal feel, or more of a punk feel, or, you know? Yeah,
0: like, it's a good way to get people into genres, but once you're into a fucking genre, do not be a fucking genre song Yeah. We were guilty of this years ago.
1: Yeah, we were. We were fucking <laughs> awful. We were also kind of self-aware, though. Yeah, we knew we were awful. We would make those posts, like, fucking, uh... It's not, it's not, um,
0: black and jazz, it's not black and jazz, it's actually porno grind, hip-hop infused
1: R&B. <laughs> yeah. So Sub forty one is my favorite straight edge band. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> but we were we were bad about it. Yeah, but. But don't be that person. Like, grow up. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's excusable when you were our age and. Yeah, people, we were high schoolers. Yeah, people that are high schoolers and middle schoolers, it's excusable. But fucking thirty year old people that are like, oh, you're you're a fucking idiot. They're not they're not this genre. They're this genre. It's like Does you're it doesn't matter. A real metalhead. Yeah. don't Listen to
0: blackened porno grind. Yeah,
1: it's like doesn't it fucking matter, dude. Like I literally listen to, fucking attack attack and. Fucking Mayhem, Cannibal corpse, metallic And they're the same
0: genre. <laughs>
1: yeah, same thing. It's like, it doesn't It's all matter. metal. It's all metal. <laughs> don't
0: call yourself an outsider musician unless you like the outsiders, but S-E-Him <laughs> is the other takeaway.
1: <laughs> but yeah, either way, all that to say, like, outsider music, I feel, I mean, obviously don't know much about it, but I feel like it's pretty hard to define, but I think I would say the Shags are, even if they don't fit all the criteria. No. Um...
0: So, at the very least, their music set some groundwork for outsider music, uh, with it coming from inexperienced musicians and containing super childlike qualities present in other outsider music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shags were also an inspiration of the twee pop subgenre, and their contributions to music can be, even be found in the underground rock scene of the 90s bands such as Sonic
1: Youth.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I. fucking weird. Yeah,
1: because Sonic Youth is very, very weird. Um, <laughs> I feel like a bunch of like that 90s alternative stuff, like that was like one level below like the popular grunge acts where probably got a lot of inspiration from the Shags. And yeah. then Tweet Pop I had never heard of before, but I looked a little bit into uh it seems like Cub and Beat Happening are the two most popular bands of that subgenre. Those it, are band names. Yeah, it was really only a like a thing in the I think like the mid nineties, late nineties ish was like when it in was Britain. At its... Pe- no, I don't think... Really? We're British, no? No,
0: that sounds like a British thing. tweet
1: Yeah. Huh. Oh, wait. Brit- British of Columbia, so they were... Cubs Canadian, I guess. That's Canada, right? Yeah, British of okay, Columbia. Okay, yeah, British of Columbia. British uh,
0: Columbia. There's no of there.
1: Oh, same thing. Okay, Olympia, Washington is where Beat Happening is from. Okay. So, I guess it wasn't really Weird. to a certain region, but either way, I'll listen to some of that stuff, and you can definitely tell the Shags were a huge influence on it, like... It's more proficient. You can tell it's done intentionally. It's sounding like having the childlike, weird, yeah, weird stuff. But Which I forget
0: what twee means. But it, I, it had. I don't fucking know. Uh, I mean, I, I assumed
1: it was something like tween. But either way, interesting. It's, it's a stuff. British term. I know that. Okay. Um, a twee bit um, interesting.
0: True. Real quick apology. Uh, my notes got kind of fucked, so I'm reading them off a picture of my computer screen. <laughs> So if I am like stuttering
1: this a is, little bit, this is a true outsider note no reading for yeah, the podcast.
0: Um, we are this podcast is actually an outsider music project. <laughs> and you guys have been fucking fooled. <laughs> you thought we were gonna shit on this owl? No, it's our biggest inspiration. It's our
1: biggest inspiration. We are
0: starting Outsider Podcasting.
1: <laughs> Outs- yeah, we're just gonna make a new genre, Outsider Podcasting.
0: It's where we it's where we get children to talk about the Outsiders by S.E.M. <laughs>
1: Oh god. Uh, well, let's call let's call up your uh, little sisters. <laughs> they're the perfect age. Yeah.
0: They're the, per- they're,
1: they're the right age to read The
0: Outsiders. I don't remember anything about that book. I don't honestly. remember anything. I remember really liking it as a kid. Mm, it's outside. And then not fucking caring. Um. So first thoughts on the album.
1: This is an album that I have known about for a pretty long while, and. I think I started or I at least listened to the title track philosophy of the world uh after learning about it or at some point and obviously I was like what in the actual fuck I mean I knew it was going to be weird but it just was kind of just I don't know like I was like do I really want to listen to this even though it's piquing my interest um so I'm glad that we're doing this podcast for shit like this because it's making me listen yeah, to it. Yeah, it's making
0: me listen. Because I had I, I definitely heard the it's, name The Shags, but I didn't know anything yeah. about it. I never listened to it. I, I mean, was, it's a it's a very popular... I was never going to listen to this. Yeah,
1: exactly. Literally. But... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been interested in it for a while, so it was nice to finally actually listen to it. And I gotta say... um, I don't really know what to rate this album when we're all said and done with going over the track listing. Nope, but I liked it. I, I mean, I I would listen to it again. I would not. You wouldn't. Um,
0: I think that um, with my various mental illnesses, <laughs> this is a bad thing for me to listen to. It's, it's a bad. Thing. I was losing my fucking mind. Really? Honestly, listening to this, I was like, I was losing my shit. Like, not as bad as Alien Raps. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... You guys remember me, like, going fucking full it's fucking just... string board <laughs> Yeah. With alien rap. But, like, I was losing my mind a little bit. This is... It's really hard to stomach. It's so uncanny.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely nothing I would listen to fucking at home, like, by myself, fucking windows shut, room dark,
0: like... I was ashamed finishing my... Because I had to finish my notes today, because, mm-hmm. like, I've... Work has been, like, I, I recently changed a job, so work's been weird. Um, and, like, on the way home, I said my roommate who work I was like, hey, can you drive? I have to finish getting notes, and I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's a very, I mean, it is a difficult thing to listen to. Um, uh, it's just child, it's it's childish, but also just seems, I guess, adult adulterated, I guess, is the right word because it's like when yeah. you know the backstory, it's like you know they didn't want to do this. You know that their father was a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would put money on that he was at least physically abusive. I would not yeah, put it. I'm
0: listening to some of the lyrics of these songs. yes. yeah, like
1: it's so it just makes it a very difficult listen, um, but one that I mean, I. I would like I said I I would listen to it again like I I don't know it's just it's just very weird it's just very uncanny very uncomfortable at times like it most of it seems like a fucking alien just learned English and is this is the real alien rap yeah like I, it's just, it's just so weird like her uh, Dot's voice is just so monotone but not at the same time yeah. like it. Just the way her voice wavers, because obviously she's not a fucking singer. Like she's not a music. None of them are musicians. Like they didn't want to do this, so it's just very uncanny to listen to. But yeah, I mean, I gotta say, overall, I'm definitely glad that I listened to it and I enjoy it. I think I'm part of that camp that thinks it's unintentional genius. Okay. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm in the other camp. You're here in the other camp. I don't like it. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Uh, but I also have no idea how to rate it. Yeah. Because it's fucking insane. Um, so we'll just, we're just going to do a track by track, and I'm going to throw out a number at the end. Okay. Just throw no, out a I'm number. Just going to throw out a number. All right. Uh, so we'll start with the title track, Philosophy of the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the perfect album opener. I'll give them that. I think so, yeah. Because it gives you everything you're going to hear the rest of the album.
1: Yeah, like the out of tune guitars, the guitars and drums not being synced up whatsoever. The eerie, robotic-esque vocals. Yeah. Simplistic lyrics. Like, all these... All the trademarks of the album yeah, are right listen, out the gate. after you're
0: listening to the song, you can you can figure out the the main three tenets mm-hmm. of this album. Which is subpar musicianship, dawdling lyrics that mean nothing, mm-hmm. and of course, a sense of unease.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially the lyrics, like... I, I don't know, the lyrics... The lyrics here and there, I'll get to it uh, in later songs. Some of them, I think, are actually good. I would say this one not so much, but it's still—I don't know—it's it makes sense. Like you can tell that a child wrote this, um, with stuff being like you know, oh the rich people want what the poor people's got, and the poor people want what the rich people's got. Then they do that same line with skinny and fat people, yeah, short people, like, tall people, little kids, big kids.
0: This is a children's song?
1: But, I mean, I think the chorus, which is just one line, is a pretty good assessment. You can never please anybody in this world. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty good concept. Man, for it's, a... it's
0: wild <laughs> what you come up with when your dad's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they... That could come from them not being able to please their dad.
0: Yeah, like the hardest part of this album is the fact that you have to look at every song through the lens of their father was a piece of shit and mm-hmm. was forcing them to do this. Yeah, exactly. And that makes it really hard to listen to Like if I if I didn't know the story, I'd been like, Okay, this is a bad album.
1: Yeah, like maybe even laugh at it, honestly. Because I mean some I, don't of, know I could
0: laugh at it. It made me feel so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean there's it's it's here and there. There's some parts where If you didn't know the story, I could see somebody hearing this and laughing at it. Yeah. But then, yeah, there are other parts where you're like, oof, this is kind of making me feel weird. If it wasn't
0: for the story, I would be building a horror game right now that used this as a soundtrack.
1: Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it it would work perfectly for that. Like Freddy Fazbear singing this? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Not Freddy Fazballs. It would make
0: that game actually scary.
1: Yeah. um, But yeah, a a good opening track. I think, uh, sets the sage for everything. Uh, then we go into That Little Sports Car, which I think is even weirder than the first track. The guitar is very hypnotic and eerie in this yeah, one, even is. more so than uh, Philosophy of the World. Um,
0: the opening riff is actually played in tune, and
1: mm-hmm. it's actually played well. Yeah. Um, you can tell
0: that they actually did learn something from their lessons.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the guitar line after each verse, um, if I, I mean, how the fuck am I gonna replicate exactly what it sounds like? But it's kind of like dun 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 dun, yeah. dun and the symbol, I guess it's the right symbol, it's like ting 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 ting, ting the ting, whole ting, time. Ting. That reminds me of math rock. Yeah, like I've heard fucking bands like Hella, Don Caballero. I don't. Caballero. I don't, uh, I don't like, I,
0: even the Fall of Troy. Yeah, like bands like that.
1: I've heard do shit, similar to that. It kind of
0: reminds me of the intro to, uh, I think it's Laces Up, Dan. You know
1: what I'm talking about. I I do. That fucking, as much as I love that album, it's probably like in my top ten favorite albums ever. I fucking can't remember half the track names. Like, like, I remember like every moment from that album, but I'm like, wait, What's the name of that track? Oh yeah, I mean, the, tracks, have, the track names are fucking. When ridiculous. you have names like fucking Wacko Jacko steals the elephant, whatever the fuck. Wacko Jacko <laughs> steals the elephant man's bones. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But either way, that's. God, the I side. wish
0: that album was uh, less critically loved so we could cover it. Oh, I fucking love that album. Um, uh, if you guys want us to start a Patreon. Message me personally on Facebook. I know you're friends with me on Facebook. You wouldn't be listening otherwise. Yeah, we will
1: cover actually good albums. We
0: will (laughs) will start a Patreon and cover actually good albums. It will be
1: rare. It'll be like once a month. Yeah, or talk, or we could also talk about different, um, different genres or different. We could do like subgenre starter packs. Yeah, just just like different music stuff that isn't solely based on bad music.
0: Yeah, I would. Hey, I would really enjoy that. (laughs) I would. I would fucking. I'll give you a kiss on the.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we got to do bad music to stand out amongst the crowd. and But I you know, want to talk make about own, stuff that I like. Yeah, make our own little niche. But yeah, it would be very cool to, to talk about stuff we like as well. But that's not the point of One Last Breath. Because we know all that shit uh, needs One Last Breath. Or it never needed it. It's been breathing the whole fucking time. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, either way, that one part... Um, there's a few other parts on this album that do that for me like i hear it and i'm like i could totally see like if just the musicianship was cranked up a bit like that's math rock this is like almost <laughs> proto math I mean, honestly it is really i feel really fucking wild. yeah i don't know if anybody else besides us feels that way but the whole time i was like i don't i can't tell you if any math rock bands like bands that began that whole scene listened to this and got inspiration from it I mean, with fucking Frank Zappa loving this, I wouldn't be surprised, because Frank is a huge... Yeah, like, if
0: nothing else, their inspiration is Frank Zappa, who yeah. was inspired by this album.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like, kind of, that's kind of a pathway to lead to it, but... Yeah, I, I really like and that I, part. And I think
0: we're gonna have some similar feelings um, about an album that we also have slated for a few weeks from now. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that one. So I think we're gonna be talking a lot about math rock. Yeah, which let's fucking do it let's math fucking rock. go Math rock is dope um we're starting a ma- oh, this is actually a math rock cast now <laughs> uh my favorite math rock band is the
1: beatles oh yeah beach boys for me yeah, The <laughs> beach Bo- um, hate the beach boys Yeah, my brothers my favorite math rock band you joke but almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah close enough but yeah i mean there's there's a few other ones that i'll get to uh parts on this album that like, are really cool that are like that. And that's, that stuff that makes me want to really listen to this album, because I just think it's really cool to hear that, like, unintentional that they did it, but yeah, very fucking cool. Yeah, they no idea what they were doing. Yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> like, isn't that really some shit fucking, almost 50 years out after this album came out, you have people like us that are like, oh, fuck, that sounds like Math Frog. Follow Troy, is that you? Yeah, like, that's just like, insane. It's like the same shit we saw
0: doing Attila we were like, yeah, when I was like, Oh, yeah, this is Slam.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Billy Joel, thank you for Slam. Um,
0: So after that song, we get to, who
1: are parents? Oh, fuck, I I accidentally scrolled by that. I was like, wait. (laughs) And you know what? Who are parents?
0: Uh, First of all, parents just don't understand. Which (laughs) is the opposite of what the song is trying to say. The dad wrote this fucking song. I think so. You cannot convince me that (laughs) That, the dad did not write it. The dad was a sleeper agent. The dad was a sleeper agent.
1: (laughs) He was a ghostwriter. But oh, well now he's just a fucking
0: ghost. Yeah. Good riddance.
1: But yeah, this is, this is one of the songs on the album that is very unnerving. and it's This is first, probably the most unnerving. It's the darkest
0: song on the album in the context of the story.
1: Yeah. Cause the lyrics are shit like, um, here, let me actually go to... Um,
0: it's like children think that parents are strict just because they're mean.
1: Yeah, like some kids do as they please. They don't know what life really means. They don't listen to the ones who really care, have, what the ones who really care have to say. They just go and do things their own way. Who are parents? Parents are the ones who really care. And then on and on about yeah, it's, shit like that. It's really hard to listen to. Yeah, because it's like, um, their fucking dad didn't care. He was cruel. It's like literally, he's... The opposite of everything I'm saying. Really, really
0: really transparent. I listened to this album like two times. You did. I got all my notes in two times. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's not. There wasn't a lot for me to say really, Mm -hmm. um, because all the songs kind of ran run together when you're like disassociating. (laughs) Yeah. It Um, it was really hard for me to actively listen to this. Uh, And I think a big part of songs like this that are like so dark that I'm just like I can't. I literally can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. I don't think I listened to the album in one sitting ever. Really? I think I had to listen to, like, it part, like, piece by mm-hmm. piece, like, four or five songs at a time.
1: Yeah, I'll have to go and listen to it while not working, because I feel like that could be another thing for me, uh, being able to stomach it more. Yeah, because is... you have something else to do, because I, yeah, I cause... can't listen at work. I was just sitting
0: there staring at my notepad. <laughs> yeah. With, who are parents? Parents are the ones that really understand. i just like, holy yeah. fuck.
1: Yeah, and the way fucking, uh fucking... not Helen, not Not, who's Betty? Betty. Betty. Yeah, Betty does the background vocals. The way, because it's like, who are parents? And then Betty's like, parents. Like, I don't, it's just very fucking in your.
0: Her background vocals are some of the most unsettling shit (laughs) on this album.
1: because she'll come in most of the time when she does background vocals, like, while Dot is still finishing her line, so it's just, like, very jarring. She's it's like, just like, who are my parents? <laughs> yeah, and then her voice is deeper and more monotone than Dot's. It's louder. Yeah, and louder, so it's just very, like, whoa, with all the fucking context of the album and these lyrics and that, like, fucking and then the instruments going off the fucking wall. Yeah. Um, but luckily, after this song, we get to something a little more stomachable. Yeah, <laughs> My Pal Foot My Pal Foot Foot. Which is uh, what I've grown to know as the shags like kind of uh theme song anthem like it's their i guess fan favorite song i i as far as the shags go this is a good song Mm -hmm. i Um, like this one
0: uh what are my notes um so this one is just about their pal foot foot who um, (laughs) which is a cat oh yeah you've ruined my entire illusion okay what
1: was your illusion
0: um that he was an anthropomorphized foot cryptid
1: okay I mine I I don't know from going into the lyrics uh, for it, which is basically just like. Um, we I went so, to a house to find my pal Foot Foot. Yeah, and the people he's left out the door And said Foot, Foot moved away. Yeah, like I'm looking. I looked here. I have looked there. I have looked everywhere. Why can't I find you? Where can you be? Come home to me. Like, I kind of got in the mindset of this is probably about an imaginary friend. I for some reason.
0: Like I was. But it's about a cat. Yeah, I
1: was just imagining like maybe this is a imaginary friend like the sisters had collectively. How old were they when they started writing this album? They were teen- they were various ages, but I think they were all like
0: uh early in, teens. in the
1: teenage range, like okay. from maybe thirteen to I don't know. They there was, they look like teenagers, yeah, I but they
0: sound, and their writing feels like eight-year-old, but they're probably fucking emotionally stumped because yeah, of their fucking dad.
1: Well, which goes into imaginary friends. I mean, obviously everyone knows imaginary friends are something that comes, or I mean, not all the time, but can come out of trauma. Yeah. And so, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if they shared an imaginary friend and wrote a song about it, but I mean...
0: And he's an anthropomorphized foot cryptid. Yeah, and
1: I was, which, we were looking too hard into it. It's just about their cat that I guess actually did run away, but what, who the fuck names a cat Footfoot? But Either way, um... Yeah, I like this one, uh, and again, uh, like how you were saying, this would be perfect background music for Five Nights at Freddy's or something, like, if the fucking story of this album wasn't so tragic, I would want somebody to make, like, a cryptid called Foot Foot and fucking, yeah. like, Yeah. And when he's
0: walking, you just hear this song, but specifically the part where, is it Betty that does the background vocals? Mm-hmm. Where Betty goes, Foot Foot! Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like how she's like, parents, foot foot, foot foot, foot foot. foot, foot. Foot Foot travels through time.
1: <laughs> but yeah.
0: I'm going to make a putt-putt mod with Foot Foot.
1: And foot, foot. <laughs> Do it. <clears throat> but yeah. um Yeah. If it wasn't such a fucking tragic story, then that would be some cool shit. If like fucking A24 or something like that made a, made a movie called Foot Foot, my pal Foot Foot. And just um, had a... I, I was imagining uh, the imaginary friend looking like a Bigfoot Sasquatch type.
0: Okay, that also makes sense. I just yeah. like my anthropomorphized style. Right, that, that, that could work, it. too. Um, after that, we get to a song that is basically the same song, My yeah. Companion. I, mean, um, I, I literally... I, the first time I listened to it, I zoned out through the silence at the end of My Pal Foot Foot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a really long song. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, how long are they going to talk about My Pal Foot Foot?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh, wait. Backtrack to My Pal Foot Foot. I meant to say... Uh, had a mini drum solo at the beginning, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, the ones
0: like dun 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 ch 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 gung Yeah.
1: Yeah, drum solo, quote unquote. But honestly also if, in my companion. Yeah, if Helvin was a little more technically proficient, I feel like that could be an avant-garde jazz yeah. drum part, like or math rock. Yeah, like i mean, all
0: comes back to Math Rock. Yeah,
1: I thought that part was cool, too, but either either way, going back to uh, what we're moving My on companion. to now, My Companion. Um,
0: um, yeah, like I said, it was hard. I didn't realize this was a different song at first.
1: Yeah. Because
0: um, it has the same drum solo like at the end, like exactly the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like the subject matter is sort of similar. So uh, I mean, this is
0: about an anthropomorphized radio cryptid.
1: Radio cryptid? Radio cryptid? What do you mean? The song's
0: about a radio. Is it? Yeah. She says at the very end, she's like, my companion is my radio. Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: I did not catch that. I, I heard... had to, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> I heard some shit about a horse, so I thought it was about a horse. Oh, well, she
0: takes her radio when she's riding her horse. Makes she sense. She takes her radio when she goes to a show. Okay. This woman loves music. <laughs> she just hates making it. Yeah. Or maybe she really likes podcasts. <laughs>
1: yeah, 1960s podcast. Oh, sorry.
0: Radio dramas. Yeah,
1: radio, yeah. Radio dramas. But... Yeah, it kind of it kind of does run together a little bit, um, but there is a instrumental break about in the halfway point of the song where the guitar is strumming simple chords like it does pretty much the whole album, and the drums do like a simple kick snare pattern like a doom 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 doom, doom with like the cymbal being hit constantly through it again yeah. like I guess like the bell of the ride cymbal, and that part all put together also feels very math rock esque like even more so than the one I talked about previously and. That little sports car, like, I feel like I've literally heard a beat like that before in, like, a rock song. Yeah. Or even, like, Black Flag. Like, it feels like something Black Flag uh, would have done in, like, their My War uh, Family Man era where they were kind of doing really weird avant-garde shit mixed in with punk and, like, sludge metal and all that. All that shit they were doing, like, I feel like I've heard shit like that before in uh, those things. So that was really cool, too. Um, and it felt... It also kind of felt a little more intentional. I mean, maybe because it actually was played a little on time, which yeah, it could have been unintentional that they accidentally played on time for once, but... I think that's probably what it is. I don't know, that whole part was really cool. I was like, "Wow, oh, this is actually not disjointed. Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, after that, we get to
0: I'm So Happy When You're Near, which is an attempt at a love song. Mm-hmm. It's not
1: a great one. Yeah, this one's... It's probably... One of the least interesting and noteworthy tracks on the album, in my opinion. Uh, There is a solo around the minute mark. Is
0: there? It's not great. I don't remember that. It's not good.
1: (laughs) I would say it's
0: a bad solo, Hmm. but she solos.
1: Should I have to go back? I did not catch that. I just really noted that the drums are, I think, the fastest on the song than they are on the whole album, but the guitars don't match the speed, so it makes it... Yeah,
0: uh, the guitars are kind of the same speed. The whole way through. Yeah, but then
1: the but the drums specifically on this one are feel a little faster, like they're trying to go more for a garage rock feel. She's
0: going double time. Double She's time. She's still in
1: time. Double time. I mean, I will say, uh, fucking Helen, the drummer, she is probably the most musically talented.
0: Um, I would argue. So okay, I know that the drums are a hard instrument.
1: Mm-hmm. We have both played drums before. <laughs> yeah. We both know exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, but also, I feel like the drums are the easiest instrument to kind of pretend you know how to play. I
1: definitely agree, yeah. Because, I mean, Cause, like, I
0: learned that one Fallout Boy song in, like, an hour. Yeah,
1: what sugar we're going down. Yeah, like, I could yeah. play it out. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree with you, for sure. It's like, I mean, you might not obviously be fucking, I mean, there's a lot of intricacies, like, yeah, as opposed hitting, to... hitting ghost notes and shit, like, that you're not gonna yeah. do, but just bullshitting it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to fucking hear, listen to the drums in a song and... Replicate it. Than yeah, the fucking guitar. Because I mean. it's not
0: a toned instrument. Like yeah, it's like you fucking it, hear. Okay, Tec- Drummers, drummers do not get mad at me. I know technically the drum is a toned instrument. I know you tune your drums to C a lot of the fucking time. I don't care. You don't have strings. You're not playing notes. On
1: to the next song. <laughs> I was gonna say something, about I was taking <laughs> a sip of water. But yeah, no, I completely agree. I've I've said that before too in the past. Uh, I mean. I've I've done it before, just hear a fucking I mean shit, I can sort of play the intro to Raining Blood by Slayer where it's just a fucking double dum, pick. Dum, dum. It's just like well not, I mean that, nah, but the fucking actual part where it's like doom, 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 doom. it's just it's just fucking uh uh Hi-hat, snare, hi-hat, snare, and then fucking double bass. Yeah, like... I mean, obviously, I'm not fucking going crazy on the double Yeah, like, bass. you're not
0: getting the timing perfect, but you, yeah. know, you can play an amalgamation of it. Yeah, it's like, I guess. As do opposed it. to someone who's never played guitar cannot play an amalgamation of Raining Blood.
1: Yeah, it's like, what the It's like, I you have so many friends, like, where the fuck do you even go, so... Yeah.
0: um. So, on to the next one is uh, Things I Wonder, which is another bad song.
1: I kind of felt the lyrics in this song. <laughs>
0: I think the lyrics are very mundane. It's just all about shit that kids wonder about, like birds and planes. I mean
1: yeah. And trains. I mean yeah, it starts out
0: in automobiles. <laughs> and bears and cats and lions and tigers and
1: Oh my. No, but yeah, I mean it, it does start out with that like I wonder about the stars, the birds, but then it goes to like I wonder about your love and but most of all I wonder why you make me cry. Which fuck. It's another dad That's song. Probably, yeah, exactly. It's another dad song. I felt that um, shit. I was but like, I think fuck. I think it starts off so poorly mm. that I
0: didn't I didn't care when it got to the dad part. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, I wonder uh, why our minds drift astray. I wonder why life goes on this way. I wonder why we have to part. We both know it'll break our heart. Shit like that. Yeah. I I kind of felt. I was like, I mean, obviously a kid wrote this, but and it's like simple questions that a kid would ask. But then you have shit like that, and it's like, even without the. Uh, context of the whole dad situation like i kind of feel those cool. lyrics i was like fuck kind of sure. kind of some deep shit pretty existential but yeah it's anyway. existential. Mm. Existential, yeah. Existential. Existential. existential existential yeah existential existential yeah existential that's
0: what i'm gonna say um let me get the sweet thing which is another <laughs> dad song
1: yeah and this one is probably the most Disjointed vocal performance on the album. It has a lot of attempted harmonies that are just on top of each other in the most whack fucking ways, like just off time with each other, not matching the same key. Like, fucking, one of them will be singing a lot of, or Helen, or Dot will be singing a lot of words like very fucking fast for whatever reason in the song. Like, a lot. It's a very short song and a lot of it's. Just spit out very fast, and then you have fucking, uh, Helen in the back, or... Betty. Fuck, Betty. It's, it's so hard to remember which one is which, except for not. But yeah, you have Betty just doing her, uh, you know, ad libs here and there, and it's just, it's a very weird, disjointed, uh, feel.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just about an abusive relationship, it's hard to listen to. Yeah, it okay. is. Um, and then we get to it's Halloween <laughs> uh, Fuck the Monster Mash for some fucking reason it's a Halloween song Fuck the Monster talk, Mash Fuck the Monster Mash we're listening to it Halloween Um, I will say that this is Scarier than the Monster Mash. Scary. Uh, because of the part where Betty goes, "Why well, even Dracula will be there?" in the most threatening tone I've heard from a child.
1: Yeah, and then the, all the instruments drop out at that part. She's like, "Even Dracula will be there." <laughs> and I'm then like, then, I,
0: I fucking hope he's not.
1: And then it's just kind of like a like the drums going, and then it goes back into the instruments. Uh, but
0: that's all I have to say about them. that. The fucking song is that. Yeah, this one.
1: Yeah, it's just a fucking
0: Halloween song. Um, Why do I feel? Is a song about having feelings we all have them but more of why do i have feelings
1: we all wonder that
0: why does my dad fucking suck yeah um i like it feels like the dad the dad was an influence for this one mm-hmm, for
1: sure i really like the intro of the song though talking uh musical wise it is one of the more synchronized parts on the album um And then they also bring back that same intro to close out the song, which I think was a pretty good choice. I think,
0: like, this is a pretty well-written song Mm -hmm. in the context of the album. Obviously, it's not a well-written song. In the context of the album, like, this is the most well-written song, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, At least the most well-performed. Okay. The other ones might have been... The other ones could have been fucking Masterpieces.
1: (laughs) Masterpieces. I never know. They're not performed. The world will never know. Um, Then we get to What Should I Do? Which I... I never ended up, ended up getting notes for this one. This um, one was kind of notes for
0: this today, um, mostly based on the original thought I had when listening to the song. Okay, which is that it's a fucking cry for help. Uh, yeah, I. It could also be a fucking breakup song, but like I doubt it. But the line "He never gives me any joy" makes my fucking skin crawl.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Okay, yeah. I remember it now. It it was hard for me for some reason. This one out of all of them was hard for me to like remember it like going back so it was like hard for me to get notes because every time it came around i just kind of you were just like i've never heard this song before yeah so it was it was hard for me to think of anything unique to say about it that i haven't said for any of the other stuff but yeah he's a sad boy he's a bad boy he never gives me any joy tell me what should i do yeah it's like obviously since their dad didn't let them have friends or fucking romantic well, they have really. foot. yeah but so i mean i, I would assume this isn't about footfoot foot. um i hope that's not a bad boy but then it also goes to he never wins a race, so I'm like, if they had a horse, maybe it's about the fucking I think horse. A fucking horse. We can uh, only think, hope so. I think it's a cry for help. Yeah, it honestly or seems it. like it. But yeah, it is. It's another one, just like a, who are parents, where you're just kind of like, fuck. <laughs> this is very, very unsettling to listen to.
0: Um, and then we get to the final track on the album.
1: Close it out. Uh, I know you guys are excited for us to stop
0: talking about this and again. <laughs> um, and it's. I didn't get the title of it. We have a savior. Picture. We have a savior.
1: So we close out with a uh, with a God the, song. With the only Christian or only religious song on the album. Um which is, this is odd a choice week closer. Yeah, I don't really... This song
0: know. is it doesn't hit me one way or the other. It kinda of barely exists.
1: Yeah, it's probably the most straightforward and least confusing song on the album, I guess. Like there's yeah. not a lot so in turn doesn't really make it stick out. Yeah, like, it it just it fades into in the background. It's like, not it's a terrible.
0: They should have ended on uh, my pal foot. foot. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think it was good to get that one, get that one in earlier since it's a banger. I think that's why have been the closer.
0: Yeah. Give you a reason to stay through side B. Side B is depressing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's pretty depressing here and there, but yeah, we have the savior. Is kind of, I mean, I guess it is probably the most. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of another no, no, word it's, besides, it's besides just, straightforward. Like it's yeah. it's not amazingly written, but it's the most standard song standard. on the album. Yeah, yeah. It like, is a very standard song. Like I think if I heard this on, like if I, if I was a kid in the '60s and I heard this on a fucking Christian radio station, I don't think I would bat an eye and think that anything weird is going on. But in turn, that makes it probably one of the least interesting songs. So,
0: um, so favorite songs on the album is really none of them.
1: <laughs> you can't even give three. Not three, not two. Um,
0: my pal foot foot. Uh, my pal foot foot. And my pal foot foot. Mm.
1: Um, I have to disagree. My pal foot foot. <laughs> uh, fuck, yeah, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, you album. forgot that one.
0: Um, yeah, I think the only like, quote-unquote good song in the album is my pal foot, foot. Um, And only because of my headcanon of the weird foot creature. Yeah. Um, I, say... I I have come up with a way to describe the weird foot creature. Okay. Do you remember that episode Curse of the Cowardly Dog?
1: I just, I I guess not, because I assume from you saying that I'm supposed to know what you're talking about. Okay, so
0: Eustace gets a foot fungus, and it takes him over, and the toes are like, well, the fat lady gets it, see?
1: Maybe? I don't know. It's been forever since I watched that fucking show.
0: I'm pulling up a picture for you. Okay, but,
1: uh, yeah, my favorite, as I pull up the fucking Rate Your Music score, because I forgot to get it down, um, oh, yes, I do remember that. Fucking That's, pur- that's Foot Foot. That's Foot Foot. Fucking purple infected foot. That's Foot Foot. Finally he gets it. See? But I guess my favorite songs um, would be My Pal Foot Foot, Philosophy of the World, and... Obviously, My Companion. And that's up there. Because it's just My Pal Foot Foot read up. <laughs> that, that one's up there, and I, I guess... Maybe things are wonder, but all in all, I mean, I really, even the songs that make me very uncomfortable and are very uncanny, I can't say I dislike, I don't know, it's just something, I guess, I don't know, I guess I see where Frank Zappa and Kurt Cobain and others are coming from, like, something about it, like, yes, it is unnerving, but I kind of like it, I guess, just because I see certain, uh, precursors of shit like Math Rock and all that and okay. just because it's weird place in music history I appreciate and just the fact that it became such a cult classic and those people from NRBQ were like, fuck it, we'll pay you, like we wanna get this shit out there. Yeah. And it became like a fucking cult thing. Like, I don't know, I like shit like that. But I guess all in all this is kind of well it isn't the room equivalent of movies. I guess the room is the, or the room equivalent of music. The It's vice versa. The yeah. room is the, the movie, movie equivalent, equivalent of, of this. But yeah, it's kind of one of those yeah. things where I feel like it's so bad that it's good to me. I don't know. Okay. I enjoy I, it.
0: Uh, what is, what are our composite scores?
1: Oh wait, we forgot to get least favorite songs, but I guess for you it's kind of a mute point, but
0: it's kind of all of them.
1: Yeah. So, but I guess for me it would probably be, um, I'm so happy that you're. Yeah, I'm so happy that you're near. What should I do? And we have a savior, I guess. Yes, yeah, those are definitely the worst tracks to me. Those are just the three most standard and boring yeah. to me. So, uh rate your music. Let me pull it up real quick because I'm a dummy and forgot to get it down. I know it was a two point something. I do remember that from looking.
0: Two point something. Out of, is that is that not a five rating? Yeah, rate
1: your music's out so of that's five. That's like a five. It is a. from 5,851 ratings. Yeah, it's like a five. Yeah. And then fucking Critical Reception, which... um,
0: There's very little.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a decent amount. All of them from, like, various reissues. Like, a few of them are from when they reissued it in 2016. Rolling Stone reviewed it when it was reissued in 1980 initially, when it was first reissued. I didn't get any of it down because, really, most of them (laughs) were talking about, like it was just info dumps like we were doing of the band's history yeah. and very little to say about the actual music that we're not going to, I don't know, I just felt like there was nothing really no. noteworthy where I was like, oh, this is, a, this is a good take, so I didn't get anything down, but the critical reception was like very fucking positive, most of them were like eight out of ten, four and a half out of five positive, like, shit like that. That's fucking so. wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my number <laughs> that I said that
0: I would come up with throughout talking about this album, um, I did not come up with one. You did not come up with uh, one. so I'm gonna give it a two.
1: Two out of ten. Hmm.
0: Two out of ten. I being a little liberal. I wanted to give it a one, but I'm not going to give it a two. Hmm. Which is interesting,
1: because it's like... I don't know, because it's like, that's such a bad score, so it seems like something you want to fucking dunk on, but just... The okay. whole concept... The whole concept of it, um... And the whole backstory just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's just a hard album to give a score to. (laughs) Just say a number. I'm I'm struggling to think. Just any number.
0: You have ten whole numbers. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. (laughs) I heard it here. Two to eight and a half. That uh, averages out to be, what, like a five?
1: I guess. I guess we can say that. I think that's Uh, the most... Ten divided by two, yeah, five. I think that's the biggest discrepancy so far on the podcast between us. It is. Um, I don't know. I, I was really surprised. I was I, I was really thinking that you were going to have a similar viewpoint. But, I mean, I guess we hit both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, for... I just, it made me feel yeah. crazy. It made me feel crazy, too, but I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want medication to stop me from feeling crazy. <laughs> I have a penchant for stuff that makes me feel crazy.
0: I do sometimes. Like, video games and movies, yeah. Music, I just want a vibe.
1: I guess. I mean, yeah, I feel that to a certain degree, but I really like... I mean, I feel like that's why I like Math Rock, because a lot of it makes me feel like I'm going fucking crazy. I
0: think I think my thing is, when I'm when I, something makes me feel like I'm going crazy, I want it to be fun. I want it to be like Alien Rap. Alien Rap was fun. See, I'll Did work. I lose my mind? Yes. Did I become Charlie Day with a fucking <laughs> pinboard? Yes! I had fun with
1: it. See, I'm the opposite for that. I would much rather listen to this again than Alien Rap.
0: I might listen to Alien Rap right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right fucking now. <laughs> just, We're just gonna have you... You're just gonna hold up Alien Rap to the microphone and we're just gonna post it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I Alien Rap made me feel like I was going crazy even more so. Even though... And that one was the opposite. It had like a fucking dark. People thought it had a dark backstory, but it was just like, nah, this dude really liked aliens, and he just.
0: And this one is actually has a back- dark backstory. People were like, nah, these are just some kids. Yeah,
1: but I don't know. I I don't know what it is. It just it just does it for me. You heard or...
0: it here. <laughs> half of you will like the album. The other half will not. Yeah. Uh, this is really where we figure out with the, if the fan base is more like me or more like you.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> The, the Bob or the Sponge. The Bob or
0: the, spon- the Bob or the Sponge. The Bob or the Minions today.
1: This, this is the Barbie Heimer com- podcast. The Barbieheimer official podcast. Which which side do you choose? I am Knuff. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess the um, even more important than a number rating, because that's a very hard thing to assess, is does this deserve one last breath? And I say without a doubt, it does. I think everybody I, should listen to this. I'm going to
0: begrudgingly say, listen to
1: it once. Yeah. Begrudgingly. I, I think you have to. I, I, mean, I think if, if you are a fan of
0: music, you have to have this experience. Mm-hmm. It's the same way I tell people to watch The Room. It's the same way yeah, exactly. like I tell people to fucking, like, play the old Final Fantasy games. You're, not, you're probably not going to have a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. But if you do, it's going to be... Not not the room. It's the same reason I tell people to watch uh, fucking... Troll 2? Not not even Troll 2. Leprechaun in space. Oh, God. You're not going to have a lot of fun. god. You're going to have a little bit of fun. You're going to have some parts where you're like, I, this is enjoyable. Um, but as a fan of that medium, you kind of have to experience that weird point from a weird time period that you have no context of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leprechaun in space. Leprechaun in space. It's I hate that one. It's an important movie. No, it's not. It is. It's important. If anything, I would say watch the entirety of the rest of the series, even the fucking original one, which was trying to be actually scary, and then the remake. That stuff I think completely. without
0: Leprechaun in space, you will not understand the Leprechaun remake with Hornswoggle.
1: Hmm. I mean, I guess for completeness reasons, like if if you're watching it, yeah. Watch. If you're watching the whole series, yeah. Watch you're to watch the whole
0: series because it's good.
1: Yeah, but if 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 you're if you're only going to or watch uh, one of the Leprechaun movies, I would go with... Not six. I would go with 3. 2, two or 3. It's,
0: which one, which three, one are they in Vegas? 3 is in Vegas. Okay, yeah. It has the best joke in all four, which I will not spoil for you. Yeah,
1: 3 without a doubt is my favorite. 2 isn't far behind, and then the fucking in the hood ones Ain't are... It. They're a little problematic. Uh, they are, but they're funny. I mean, fucking um, Ice-T was in it, so...
0: Well, either way, does it deserve one last breath? Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess so. Yeah, this isn't a Leprechaun podcast, so we'll get um, off that. I'd say without a doubt, like... Like you said, everybody that is a music fan... I mean, even if you're not... I mean, you're a fucking weirdo. If you don't like music... You're listening to this this podcast. I like like music. Yeah, like fucking... Don't be an Austin uh, fucking... Wigan? Wigan, yeah. Not not even be interested in music. But yeah, if if you're listening to this podcast, fucking listen to this. I will say this is probably the most deserving of one last breath of anything so far, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Just because it's such a... Weirdly, weirdly important piece of music history and a fucking—I don't know—just just like the room. It's a it, that's that's a weird uh, so, moment for movie history. I feel like this is like that for music. Like everybody needs to experience yeah, it. Yeah, we
0: need a movie with um. Fuck, who is in the Disaster Artist? That famous guy,
1: James Franco. James Franco. Marty's. I almost said Philip DeFranco. He's problematic now though. So
0: oh yeah, you're right. Um, get Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie <laughs>
1: on it. Well, fucking get uh, all
0: the cast of Barbenheimer.
1: There actually is a um, script apparently in the works for a, mo- or for a movie about the Shags.
0: Okay, is it gonna be like a like a movie movie, or is it gonna be more like The Devil and Daniel Johnston?
1: I don't really know. I think a movie movie because um, fuck, I have to look it up. There, we'll, post,
0: we'll post details about it.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but whenever the reissue from 99 or whatever the rca victor did i guess there was like a news piece <coughs> type thing like i don't really know I, I guess it was more than an article um that they were gonna base the movie on and fucking tom cruise was involved with it Weird. and then that never happened and then as recent as 2018 it said that it was going to be a thing um, okay
0: well i hope it comes out i will watch it
1: yeah, I will, I will fucking definitely watch it. Eileen Fisher is who's going to okay. apparently be Dodd. Do you know her? No. You will know her when you see her face. But... Oh, fuck. Either way, that's either besides way. the point.
0: Um. Well, either way, we'll see you next week with something a little rowdier. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We'll have to...
0: Something a little rowdier.
1: Okay, not as rowdy as I was thinking. Well, not, Not really as rowdy... <laughs> We're getting some really rowdy shit (laughs) In a few weeks Yeah, I I didn't know if it was time for that or not Um, But we'll see you next week with something a
0: little bit rowdier See ya